Today I want to take the time during my sermon to recognize and honor mothers. And you might wonder, why in a worship service to God are we taking the time to recognize and honor mothers? Well, the reason is because it's clear to me that God himself recognizes and honors mothers. Is that true? Well, first, he recognized mothers by including them in this wonderful book called the Bible. It is full of stories of mothers. It could only be full of stories of fathers, but it's also full of stories of mothers. We learn of that great mother called Joshebed, the mother of Moses, who courageously hid baby Moses and uh, who grew up to be the instrument of Israel's deliverance. And we learn also that she was so faithful in raising Moses when Moses was returned to her miraculously that when he went to Pharaoh's court, he never ever bowed down to the idols, but he always worshipped the living God. We learn of Hannah, who God also recognized by including her story in the Bible, the mother of Samuel, who, who prayed so earnestly for the privilege of being a mother. And when she received a son, she went ahead and dedicated that son back to God to serve him all the days of his life. I especially like the story of the mother when referring to Solomon's wisdom. A mother came in and was willing to give up her child rather than to see her child cut in half. And so we see a mother's love there. And we hear of Mary's story every year around the Christmas season and about her faithfulness and her purity and how she was a great mother to Jesus. We also hear that Paul included in his letter to Timothy uh, a note there commending his mother Eunice for doing such a good job in raising Timothy. So today, I want to recognize mothers because God chose to recognize mothers in this great book that He left behind for us. But I also want to honor mothers. Not only do we want to recognize mothers, but we want to honor mothers and motherhood. It's unfortunate that in many houses of worship, motherhood is treated and seen in a way that the disciples saw and treated the mothers trying to bring Jesus, their children. Do you remember what the disciples said? Luke chapter 18, verse 15. Then they also brought infants to him that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. Sometimes we get confused there. They didn't rebuke the children. Who did they rebuke? They rebuked the mothers in that case. How unfortunate that in some houses of worship, we rebuke the mothers for the children being here in the church. As if motherhood is a second-class ministry. But I believe the disciples had good intentions. You know, according to them, Jesus was engaged in a better work. He had been confounding the Pharisees. He had been instructing the masses. He had been healing the sick. Could it be right to pester Him with children? The work of mothers. The little ones wouldn't understand His teachings. They didn't need His miracles. Why should they be brought to disturb his great doing. So what did the disciples rebuke the mothers with? I imagine that these were the words of the disciples. Take your children back, good women. Teach them the law yourselves. Instruct them in psalms and prophets and pray with them. Every child cannot have Christ 
hands laid on it. Because if we suffer one, then all the children will come. And instead of having a ministry, Jesus will have a Sabbath school. That's something that they probably said. Because the disciples had a reverence for God, but they didn't have a knowledge of His work. Jesus wanted to honor motherhood, and so He responded in a way that elevated motherhood to the sphere of the work of salvation that He was doing. He said in Luke chapter 18, verse 16 to 17, But Jesus called them to Him and said, let the, little, let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. So Jesus didn't only recognize mothers, He honored mothers and motherhood by connecting His work of salvation with the work of motherhood and the work of looking after the small children. So it amazes me how a mother's love helps me to understand God's love even more clearly. I was touched by a story I read this week. And I think you get touched even more when you have children. And the story was of a woman called Elizabeth Joyce, also known as Liz, and her little baby called Lily. The story goes that very few people have to face the choice that mother-to-be Elizabeth Joyce had to make. She and her husband Max discovered that they were expecting a baby in the summer of 2013. But just months later, Elizabeth was told the cancer that she had fought so hard three years earlier had returned. And she was faced with a life and death decision. Abort the baby and immediately begin cancer treatment? Begin with her treatment while pregnant? or delay the urgent medical care in order to protect her baby. Elizabeth had been first diagnosed with cancer in 2010. She went through the surgery, she went through the chemotherapy, and she was declared cancer-free. But she and Max wanted desperately to have a baby, but the, but the doctors told her it was impossible after her treatment. But they proved the doctors wrong and Elizabeth became pregnant. It was one of the most important things for Elizabeth to be a mother. But now she was faced with a terrible choice. What did she decide? What did she choose? She decided to delay her treatment and protect her unborn baby girl. The doctors did everything they could, but they couldn't even do an MRI because it would harm the baby. And so Elizabeth had a cesarean section in January, even though Lily was due in March, so that she could begin her treatment as soon as possible. And as soon as a baby was born, and they did the MRI, they saw that the cancer had spread all throughout her body. It was too late. And a family relative wrote, With Lily now delivered and healthy, Liz and Max and their friends and families did their best to live a surreal duality enjoy and celebrate Lily's arrival into the world while confronting the reality that Liz was now dying. For the next six weeks, she fought. With so much to live for, she fought harder than her doctors had ever seen someone fight, overcoming the odds to spend just one more day with Lily and another and another and another. But the struggle could only last for so long. Liz had given it all she had but she could not fight anymore. 
on the morning of March 19, with her loving husband and daughter, Liz passed away. She was one week shy of her 37th birthday. You know what I think about when I read this story? I don't know about you, but I immediately thought about Jesus. I don't know why, but the mother's sacrifice, the mother's love, for some reason, directed me to God's love and God's sacrifice for me. And I think it was no coincidence that when Jesus saw the disciples telling the children and the mothers go away, he said, no, 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 my work is connected with the work of the mother. Let them come. Because I think that a mother's love and a mother's sacrifice and a mother's work has been given to us by God to show us a little bit more about himself. Wouldn't you agree, children? You know, God uses many metaphors in the Bible to reveal more about himself. He says, I am the shepherd. I am the light. He is the bread. He is the rock. He is the vine. But as a mama's boy and as, a young, as having a young mother in my house, I find that I'm more deeply enriched in my understanding of God's love and care for me by watching a mother. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 66, and we're going to concentrate on this scripture for the rest of our message today, and we're going to break it apart. The Bible tells us, as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Israel. What is God telling us in this verse? He says, if you want to understand how the God of heaven can comfort you and your troubles and your trials and your tribulations and your pain, all you have to do to understand my great power of comfort is look at mothers and how they comfort and you will understand how I comfort. And so what the Bible's directing us to do is look to mom. To look to mom. And that's what we want to do today. It's a delightful metaphor. Now, fathers can comfort too, but I think that it's not a natural thing to them. I remember when, when my daughter Gianna was born and we brought her home from the hospital and uh, she started crying. Have you ever seen a baby around a new father that doesn't have experience? Have you seen it? It's kind of comical. You know, it's like the baby's here lying on the bed, the, 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 the husband's just like walking around like, he doesn't know what to do, where to put his hands, and he, you know, and he's, he's, he's doesn't know anything about comforting. But the mother, even though it's her first time doing this, she'll just come in, swoop the baby, rock the baby, and the baby stops. And as the baby gets comforted, the husband gets comforted too. <laughs> it's like he's rocking both of them, okay? That's why the Bible doesn't talk about the husband as a comforter. Actually, the Bible says that like a father pities his children, so the Lord pities them that fear him. So the fathers are more of the type that pity, but we don't comfort. But mothers have something that is natural to them. So let's look at this and explore how God comforts us through the comfort of a mother. And I just want to say and ask the question, do we need comforting by God? I think we need more comforting than a baby screaming Right? I mean, ever since Adam and Eve sinned, this world has been in need of comfort. As a pastor, I hear so many stories of pain and suffering. Where, whether it's relationships, whether it's health, 
Whether it's you backsliding spiritually and feeling that your relationship with God is suffering, we need comforting. And in every church service across the world, in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, there are people that need comforting. And God says, I want to comfort you. And we say, how? And God says, look at mom. And so today, how does a mother comfort is the question that we want to ask. Well, first, how does a mother comfort her child? We find that first, a mother comforts very what? Very affectionately. You know, as a nurse, I've seen people administer medicine to those who are sick. And they come into their room and they put the pill down and they put the medicine. And they go, here you go, take it and you'll be good. And even as a father, we kind of struggle and we come in and we say, it's time for you to take your medicine. Here, take it. You don't want to take it? You're going to get a pow-pow, right? Men are just kind of brutes at it, kind of. But the mother, when a mother comforts, when the mother cares, she does it affectionately. When it's time to take the medicine, the mother grabs the baby or the child, and first she takes a little sip of the medicine, right? You see? It's good. Then she doesn't give the medicine at an arm's distance. She grabs the child in her bosom. And as she cradles that child in her bosom, she slowly pours that medicine down his throat or her throat as she caresses the head. Isn't that beautiful? Can you imagine it now? Do you remember your mother doing that? Do you remember someone in your life grabbing you and holding you and affectionately comforting you? Now think of God. He says, look at that. Remember that. Remember that experience. That's me. When you need comfort, God says, I'm not at a distance. I'm not far away. I am not a God that just says, here, take your medicine and be gone. Take your medicine. And if you don't, you're going to get in trouble. God scoops us up. God wants to lay down on our chest. God wants to come clear near to us and say, here I am. Just like your mother comforts you, I comfort you anymore. Is that strange to use the word affectionate with God? How's your relationship with God? Is that something that you say, I, I, I don't know about that word. I'm, I'm not sure if I could apply that word. Well, whatever word it is, if there's a word that is more sweeter or more dear, if there is a word that could show closer affinity, I think you should use that word concerning God because He loves us with a love that has no bottom, a love that has no summit, and a love that has no shore. And even as He loves His own dear Son, He loves us because we are engraved in the palms of His hands. And so when He, when he comforts us, He does it affectionately. He does it affectionately. I remember my mother being so affectionate to me. You know, like I said, I'm a self-proclaimed mama's boy. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm proud about that. It's taught me more about God. So be proud of your mama's boy. But my mother was a nurse and a nurse who loved to take care of people. But when she took care of me, it was above and beyond when she took care of her patients. Because when we talk about affection, when we talk about affection and comfort, and we talk about a mother's affection, we're talking about not only drawing the child close to you, but part of the medicine that you receive 
is not the medicine that goes in your mouth. It's the medicine of love that you receive. I think that's why people get better, aren't, don't they? When the mother's arm, it's not the medicine they receive so much because they could receive that medicine from the father or from a nurse or from a doctor. I think it's the affection they receive that boosts the immune system, that helps the body recover. When you come near and you feel that love, it arouses your immune system and you get better because of mom's love. Have you ever seen a mom cooking? And I saw this in a, in a cartoon sometime. It was salt. It was pepper into the soup, and then there was one that said love, and she put that in the soup too. Oh, mother's affection. If you could only imagine your mother's affection for you, it is just an ounce of God's eternal affection for you. Thank you, Jesus, for helping me to understand that about you. But listen, how else do mothers comfort? Mothers comfort with sympathy. Isn't that right? There is a sympathy when mother comforts. What do I mean by a sympathy? Well, a sympathy means that when a child hurts, a mother hurts as well. I remember the first time that we had to take our little Natalia to the hospital. This past winter was horrible. Horrible. Everybody was getting sick. Do you guys remember? And she started throwing up. She had fluids coming out, and she wasn't able to keep any fluids in. So a dehydrated baby is bad business. And so we took her to the ER. And of course, I'm a nurse. My wife's a nurse. We understand that in order for the herd to get better, they need to put an IV and get some fluids in. And so there they are holding down our baby. Baby screaming, crying. And there goes the needle. It's a small needle, right? It's good for her, right? So I'm rationalizing this. I'm like, I'm good. You know, it's good for her. It's going to make her better. The needle goes in, and I'm like, good, they got it in. They got some blood return. We're going to get some fluids in. And I look at my wife. She's just bawling, crying, and crying, crying in a way that, that it's like they're poking her. It's hurting her. It's like the needle went inside of her. And she holds the baby, and just as, as the baby cries, she cries. What does that teach us about God as He comforts us? Does God care when we cry? Does God not only care, but does God feel our pain? Does God feel our, our hurt? When we are stung in the heart, doesn't God also get stung in the heart? When you are alone, He feels your pain. When you are miserable, He also feels miserable. You are not alone because as a mother has sympathy for your pain, God has greater sympathy to the point that it hurts him as well. You know, God feels your pain. Never forget that. I know the story of a, of a young little child who said to her mother, Mother, Mrs. So-and-so, the widow, she says she likes me to go in to see her, for I comfort her so. When she sits and cries, I put my head in her lap, and I cry too. And she says, that comforts her. Isn't that so true? We need that kind of comfort. We have that kind of God that when we cry, He also is there right next to us, also hurting, also in pain, because He loves you that much. And when you hunger, He hungers. When you thirst, He thirsts. And when you are melting in mourning, He also melts in mourning. Though He is high, 
He is not so high that he cannot feel your pain. Thank you, Mother, for teaching us about God's sympathy for us. How else, how else does a mother comfort? I love this one. A mother comforts very diligently. A mother comforts very di diligently. You see, a mother is not satisfied with saying a half dozen words when a child is fussy. You know, uh, uh, when my daughter is, is fussy, and maybe fathers, you've also had that same experience, I, I try to step up to the plate because my wife is with the kids you know, most of the day. So I say, let me take care of her. She's fussy, I got this. So I, I grab the baby and I'm like, roo, 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 sing a song or two, you know, walk around for a minute. And, and after a minute or two, I, I felt like I've been doing this for eternity. And the baby, <laughs> the baby's still not, not well, is not happy. And so what do I do? There's always an escape button for the father, isn't there? The escape button is, there you go, I tried. But the mother, you know, the mother will put the baby on this lap for half an hour. Baby's upset. Baby's fussy. Mother will move it to for this lap. All right, another half hour or an hour. Then the mother will move it here. Then the mother will move it here. Then the mother will move it back here. I mean, it's like all over the place. And the mother will lay down. The mother will breastfeed. The mother will walk around. The mother will sing. And very diligently, the mother keeps on going and going to console the child. And what I've learned is that mothers are untiringly kind. Mothers are untiringly kind. My little girl Natalia's teeth are coming out. That's always a great time parenting, right? And she lets out these shrieks. They got, have my nerves on edge. I have Mia's uh, parents here from Australia. And uh, their nerves might be a little bit on edge from all that screaming, too. And, and I, sometimes I just, you know, I can't handle that noise. But my wife, she'll go a whole night with that screaming, and she'll wake up the next morning with a smile on her face and still loving that baby. <laughs> How can you love that child? Because their mothers are untiringly kind. They're very diligent with their children. They'll stay up all night when a child is sick and they'll put the rags. Remember when mom used to put those rags on your, on your chest and on your head when you were sick all night and take your temperature and rub the Vicks? And it seemed that mom would never get tired. It seemed that mom would keep on going forever. And that's how God wants us to understand His care for us. God says to you who are tired, who need comfort, that I'm not just going to comfort you for a while. I'm going to comfort you for as long as you need. I'm going to comfort you and I'm not going to get tired. Even though you sometimes are, are shrieking at me, saying, God, why? Why are you doing this? Why are you allowing this? I'm not going to leave. I'm going to be right there for you. And even when I give you the answer, and it doesn't satisfy you, and you're still fussy, God says, I'm still going to be by your side. And I'm not going to leave your side till you're better. Thank you, Jesus, for being so untiringly kind to me. Thank you, mothers, for helping me to understand that about our great God. What else, does a, what, in what other way does a mother comfort? A mother comforts when appropriate. A true mother is not always comforting her child. Isn't that right? If she is a silly mother, she'll bring up her child so delicately that some will say it'll turn into a viper in her bosom. 
But if she's a wise mother, she saves her comforts till they are needed when a child is sick. But when God comforts his children, he doesn't comfort them all the time. He comforts them when we are in affliction. Then we will have consolation. As our tribulations abound, so our consolation will abound. But there's a balance to be kept up. If there's an ounce of trouble, there will be an ounce of comfort. If there's a ton of trouble, there will be a ton of consolation. But when a child has been doing wrong and the parents chastise a child, have you seen those children? They'll curl up their lips, they'll stomp their feet, and they'll put their hands together, and they'll even start crying sometimes and be mad. Is that the time to comfort that child? That's not the time to say, oh, it's okay, baby. Oh, don't get upset. No, that child is throwing a tantrum. And so it's when the child says, I'm sorry, please forgive me, then you scoop up that child because we can't be comforting all the time when it is appropriate. So God is always there to comfort us when we have tribulations, when we have problems. But He is not always comforting. He is there when we need it. But when we need to come to Him for forgiveness and repentance, that's what we need to do first. And God is always willing to accept us at that point. So a mother comforts when it is appropriate. And finally, our last one, as we learn about God through mothers. A mother comforts all her life. An old proverb says, a mother is a mother all her life. Do you agree with that? There is no change. The Bible says, can a woman forget her suckling child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? It's kind of like, can you believe a mother would forget her child? That's the way this Bible verse is, is being used. It seems impossible, but the Lord says, yes, they may forget, yet will I not forget you. God will not cease to comfort His people. Perhaps... There is a brother or a sister who is passing through a very severe trial, and you think that you'll never get comforted again. But you remember that your mother comforted even when you're older. And that helps you to remember that God will not stop comforting you. How many of you, adults, still get kind of babied by your mothers? Anybody? Adults still get babied by your mothers? Do you get the mother treatment still? You know, my mother has this huge king bed. And uh, when we were little, we used to all just jump in the bed. And, you know, it's cool to be in mama's bed and papa's bed. And we'd all cuddle up together. And now she has grandchildren. And now she has, you know, my wife and my sister's husband. But you know what happens when we all get together at the house? Mother still wants us all to get on the bed. So now it's like my wife comes on the bed with me, and my brother-in-law gets in the bed with me, and now our grandchildren, and that king bed seems too small, because for her, I'm still her baby. I just, her baby married another baby in her mind, you know, and now they have little babies. And for the rest of her life, she will pour out her comfort and love to me, because a mother is a mother for life. God says, look at that mother and know that I will never abandon you. I will never leave you. You will never graduate from the love of God. 
You will never reach an age where you don't need the comfort of God. And if I will be your God of comfort, I will be your God of comfort forever and ever and ever. God says, I have taken this responsibility. And as a mother should not forget, even if a mother does forget, I will not forget. Is your mother faithful? God is even more faithful. And so as Isaiah 66 says, you want to learn about my comfort? Look at a mother's comfort. A mother is affectionate. A mother is diligent. A mother is timely in her comfort. And a mother comforts for all her life. What does that tell you about your God? If you think your mom is great, your God is even greater. Because it is your God who gave you your mom. And the love that your mom has for you is a love that comes from God Himself. So if you like mom, guess what? You'll like God even better. If you love mom, you'll love God if you allow Him to come into your life with a love that gives you true joy and happiness. So on Mother's Day to mother, tomorrow, as you're thinking about mom, as you're honoring mom, as you're recognizing mom, don't forget about your God. Because that God is a God of mothers, fathers, children, and everybody. So today, we recognize and honor you mothers because you have helped us to know more about Jesus. It's simple as that. I'm closer to Jesus because of my mom and the mom in my house. Are you closer to Jesus because of your mother? I hope so. Today, we want to end with recognizing a mother in our church, a really a church mother. Tomorrow is her birthday, and she's been a mother to many of you, and she's been loving to you, she's been affectionate to you, she's been there for you, and she's been there for the church. And so I want to invite Jenny Shaw to uh, please join, join me here. Jenny Scholl, if you would come, and we want to ask the children also to come at this time as we prepare to uh, pass out the flowers. And, I'm, you know, Jenny, I was going to give you this, but uh, I think it would be more appropriate if uh, your son, who is here with us today, would do me the honors. Um, because I know that through your love and comfort and care, he knows about Jesus. He gave a missionary report today, this morning, and he's serving God. And he's faithful to God, and he's in the church, and I think it's because this mother played a role in that. So here you go, and there you go, and she's going to be turning 45 tomorrow? 39, sorry, 39. Too young. So let's say praise God for mothers. And at this time, we want to ask uh, the mothers to all the women to stand up because in the church we all play the role of mothers to many, many children here as well. So please stand up as we honor and recognize you this morning.